Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk. Dot FM or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. Trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or Brupolo over in Tupelo or soon to be Strange Brew Bama over there in Tuscaloosa. It would be weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Carrollton. Yes, it would. Be even weirder if it was in the Twin Cities, Twin Twin City of North Carrollton. Uh, I feel certain we've done this before. You're going to have to start marking these off as you go. I'm just we've talked about Carrollton and North Carrollton, but I have not used Carrollton as the city where there's going to be a strange. Well, I've been to Carroll a few times. It would be weird if there was a uh, a strange brew there. Yeah, there you go. Robbie's Robbie's in a great mood today. Just want to let everybody know he's in a fantastic. He couldn't be happier, and I couldn't be happier to tell you that this holiday season, if you're looking for, you got a coffee lover in your life, it's time to look at Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com in order it to be shipped right to your door. Coffees, hot chocolates, all sorts of great gear for the coffee lover in your life. Speaking of the holidays, College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. That's the place to shop for the Mississippi State fans in your life. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. You know, this uh, this Friday night, it's supposed to be nice, and then it's going to be cold. So maybe one last push for the patio there at uh, Humble Taco. So head over there. Grab some delicious chips and salsa, homemade salsas, homemade queso, homemade guacamole, whatever it is you're looking for. And then tacos can't be beat only at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs is the place you want to grab lunch today. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. And when you do that, not only are you setting yourself up to pick up your sandwich within minutes, but you're also going to pick up a bunch of reward points, faster reward points than just about any other uh, restaurants app out there. So check them out over uh Check them out, you know, wherever you are, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Floyd, Madison, Firehouse, Subs. It's okay, Robbie. What's okay? Nobody knows what it's like. Be the sad man. What are you talking about? Blue eyes. I don't know. It's like messing with you. Uh, Let's talk about today. We're going to talk about how it's going to happen. How is this upset going to happen? One thing that's just bothering me this week. And, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I play victim to it myself a little bit. 
because I, I think I said some things like this in like with Alabama. But there's so there's so much, you know. Oh, it's impossible, right? And then state can't possibly hang with your. This is college football. Upsets happen all the time, and I think Mississippi State is a better football team than both Kent State and Missouri, both of whom hung on the field and made the game interesting with Georgia. So you know. Can't is, is, is a strong word, very strong word. I'm not going to go with can't. Difficult? Sure. Tough? Absolutely. Probably not going to happen? Sure. Can't's tough. So let's talk about the can. Let's talk about how it starts. And obviously, you know, the fast start is something we've talked about all year. And Mississippi State this year, to their credit, has been a, a much faster starting team than they were a year ago. I think the fast start for State in this one has to come defensively. You can't you can't fall behind, or you can't really let them go score for score for you early in this game. I think State needs to set the tone defensively early in this game to have any chance to pull off an upset. Yeah, like you know, opening possession, Georgia gets the ball, you get a punt right there, or a turnover or something like that. I mean, that you you can't get down in this ball game. I don't think the Georgia's one of those teams that if they get a lead. They just wrap around you like a python and just choke you out. Like they, th- this team reminds me in a lot of ways of those Alabama teams, those early Nick Saban Alabama teams. Mm-hmm. That you know they don't they don't need to come out there and put up forty something points. I mean they they could if they wanted to, but this team's going to be very physical on both lines of scrimmage, and they're just going to choke you out. Mississippi State's got to return that physicality, I think and to try to impose their will. It's going to be very difficult to do that against a team like Georgia. But to stay in this ball game, I feel like you got to get some stops defensively early. you got to have some plays go your way. You're going to have to force some turnovers, I feel like, some mistakes by Georgia. Get them uncomfortable and get the crowd in the game and have the crowd right on top of them the whole game. I mean, this is still going to be a tough team to rattle mm-hmm. because – I mean, this. a lot of these players played for a national championship last year. They've been used to playing big games. I mean, they've had the target on their back all year. I mean, last week was probably the first time where they weren't the team that was really getting hunted because they're playing at home and Georgia was – I mean, Tennessee, I think, was ranked higher than them. Maybe not. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I mean, State's going to have to come out, I think, and, and impose their will early in this game to have a shot. I think the biggest, one of the biggest keys in this game for Mississippi State is Emmanuel Forbes. He is the one guy on this defense that you feel can, you know, talent wise, can stack up with Georgia. Missed last week. Are we hearing that he's going to be back on the field this week? I have not checked today, but it's been iffy uh, all week. I think it really just depends on, um, you know, how things are healing for him. And it's just kind of a wait and see. Uh, I really feel like you need him on the field. Um, anytime you lose a player like that, that's got that kind of playmaking ability, it's it's going to be difficult to overcome. So you, I feel like you really need him out there on the field. He's a guy that can help you in run support. Of course, he's your best um, pass defender as well. Best playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. You would like to have him back on the field this week. And I would like to see what state looks like after Jaden Crumman. He's got a little bit of rust knocked off. You got a little more pressure up front, you feel like, with him in there and a little more depth there. That's going to put pressure on the, uh, the quarterback, I think, a little bit to maybe force some plays down the field. You want your best playmaker back there defending. 
you know, yeah, for me especially, I think that, you know, Setson Bennett's not a quarterback that you're going to confuse. You know, you're not going to, he's not going to see looks and not know what to do. He's just too much of a veteran for that. So what you have to do is just say the hell with it. Let's just go after him and hopefully he makes a mistake. And, and Emmanuel Forbes is the player most likely to take care of a mistake uh, if, if, it, if it happens. So we'll see. If he can't go, that's a big blow for Mississippi State in this one. I thought Asias Furge played well last week in relief, but that's against Auburn, Auburn team that we know is so limited in the passing game, not like this Georgia team at all, who's one of the most balanced teams in the SEC. They can run it effectively. They can, they can throw it. They can play sideline to sideline. They can play north and south. They're just a really fun team to watch uh, from an unbiased standpoint because they're just so efficient, so clinical uh, in the things they do. On the other side of the ball, offensively for Mississippi State, I mean, at this point, I feel like we're just kind of you know spitting into the wind when we talk about the running game. But that's where we are with this team. Mississippi State has to be able to run the football kind of regardless of what Georgia wants to show defensively. You know, I guess the first question is sort of also injury-related. Do we expect more from Dylan Johnson this week? Yeah, I mean, you got to think so. You could tell last week he was not 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and that I think I thought that greatly affected Mississippi State's ability to run the football because they weren't going to force feed him anything. And I think he might have had one carry. They tried to get the ball to him in the passing game. He just did. He looked out of sorts. You hope that he's getting back towards a hundred percent. Um, and that's I mean I, I feel like he's he's got to be more healthy this week than he was last week. Hopefully, so you know we'll see how that goes. But you got to have him back <clears throat> and get back to that three-man rotation there at running back with uh, your best three runners there to, to give yourself a chance to run the football. Because like we've said many times, I, I just don't think Mississippi State can get the job done offensively consistently without a running game. And it's going to be – this is, is going to be a very tough team to try to establish a run against. No question. I mean, you're, I'm not expecting Mississippi State to come out there and start moving these five-stars and high-four-star players out of the way to open up these big holes. So this is going to be tough, and they're going to tackle well. Um, and that's one thing that Mississippi State's done a pretty good job of this year is taking advantage of, you know, bad tackling or shedding tacklers. Uh, I think Jaquavis Marks and Dylan Johnson have both gotten better at breaking tackles. And this is going to be a little more difficult to do against a team like Georgia, but I still think you have to come out and try to establish something. Where do you feel like Georgia has a bigger advantage uh, on on the defensive line against State's offensive line, or in the secondary against State's receivers? Where Georgia has the best advantage? Yeah. Um, that's a good question because this defense is going to be so good, and, and you know Kirby Smart's always going to have a great defense. They're always going to be fundamentally sound. I feel like it's probably going to be the. Um, Maybe the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have their defensive lines probably going to be a little more physical up front than Mississippi State and more talented. Um, and I think that's going to affect what Mississippi affect what Mississippi State does from top to bottom. Uh, so I'm not sure the best way to attack them, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I just don't know what you can do. I, I feel like the two back set is probably a good start having an extra blocker in there to, to give Will Rogers a chance because, you know, they, they've lost their best pass rusher, but they're still going to be a very talented team and a team that can get after the quarterback, a team that can affect things up front. 
you really kind of hit on hit the nail on the head there. I mean, this feels like the podcast we've done, you know, since, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015 with those Alabama teams, maybe not 2014, obviously, but it just feels like, you know, this, this Georgia team is so solid in every position that it picking their weakness. It's, it's almost not about picking their weakness. It's more about hoping they make mistakes than anything else. Now, that being said, they can make mistakes. And when Mississippi State has the, the, the ability to take advantage of those mistakes, I think one of the keys for State offensively is going to be Will Rogers is just going to have to throw some caution to the wind in this game and throw up some 50-50 balls and tell Ra-Ra Thomas and Caleb Ducking, you're going to have to go up there and beat those Georgia DBs. Now, that's going to be tough because they're really, really good. Keely Ringo, Chris Smith, those guys are outstanding defensive backs uh, for, for the Georgia Bulldogs, All-Americans and, and future NFL guys. State's just going to have to 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 go up there and try something. I think I think this is the game we talk about sometimes where you know you play loose, you play with nothing to lose. This is a game where Mississippi State should be able to play like that. We'll see if they're able to do that. But for Will Rogers, this is also a chance for him. You know, I think we all agree that you know he hasn't played as well this year as he did last season. His numbers are down. Um, this is a game where if he went out and had a, a a big game nationally, he would get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, discussion. I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's a game that's being overlooked because Mississippi State has not played extremely well the past three ball games, but uh, it's a dangerous game for Georgia. You're coming off of a big time ball game against Tennessee, a game that there was a lot of emotions going in. You get the win. You're now number one in the country. Teams, even some of the best teams, can get a little lax after that. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with this team, but it's human nature to to have that happen. So you know, we'll see how they come out and play this ball game. You know, if you, if you come out in that first half and State's trading punch for punch with them mm-hmm. and has them a little wobbly then this game could be really, really interesting in the fourth quarter. If Georgia comes out and they're up 14-17 in the first quarter, then we're looking at a blowout. But I think kind of withstanding that first part of the ball game is huge for Mississippi State. Show yourself that you can stay in the fight with them. Show yourself that you belong in that ball game, and we'll see what happens from there. And that's, that's how you approach it going in. I think Mike Leach uh, had a good statement on Monday – and, you know, it's, it's a kind of a coach-speak statement, but at the same time, it's very true. You come into the ballgame, you don't worry about what Georgia's doing on their side of the, of the fence. You don't worry about who they got playing, how they're executing, anything like that. If everybody comes in and they do their job and they do their 1%, you're going to have a chance, I feel like. You know, G- Georgia can play the best game they've played and you can play the best game that you've played and you're probably going to lose. But if you're doing your job, I feel like more often than not, the Mississippi State's going to be in position late in that ball game. So, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, when the, when the clock strikes zero. But something about it just – I feel like Mississippi State's going to play a good game. And I could be completely wrong, but I feel like, you know, with the, with the fact that they haven't played good the last few weeks, you've got a lot of guys on this team that have played a lot of football, and I feel like they're going to play up to their competition too – it just feels like this game's going to be a good performance for Mississippi State. We'll see what the outcome is, but I, I would be surprised if State comes out and just lays an egg. What do you think the crowd's going to be like for this one? Should be good. Uh, the game was sold out 
like two or three weeks ago. Uh, and I feel like Georgia's going to bring a bunch of fans to the game, probably. Yeah, me too. But I, I imagine it's probably going to be a good state contingent there. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to rain or anything. It's going to be cold, but I got to think it's going to be a good state crowd. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a good state crowd, but I do expect a big chunk of of red and black in this one. The I feel like we've done we've talked a lot about MSU marketing this year, and they've done a fantastic job, and they've definitely done a, a much better job than than in years past. But the whiteout was not successful, and I don't feel like this stripe out is going to be either. You just can't do these things in the winter when people don't have white jackets. I mean, do you own a white jacket? Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's technically white. But other than that white leather bedazzled jacket that you had that just says the Falk on the back. Other than that one. Oh, that one. You wouldn't yeah, wear that, other than that to one. a football game. Though. No, and sta- it doesn't seem like states done, state fans have done a really good job at these color coordinated yeah. crowd things for a long time. I think if yeah. you have a white out like first or second week of the season, you get a lot of participation because everybody has a white polo. Yeah, but you try doing it this late in the season; it's just difficult. Especially, I mean, it's gonna be cold, you know. Yeah, that's the strike thing. I just, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think it's gonna happen. But the whiteout didn't for sure because everybody's wearing a rain jacket. Nobody has a white rain jacket. Right. Yeah, but it, I mean, if everybody's there, it's not gonna matter. If everybody's there and loud, nobody's gonna care what it looks like. Right. No, I agree with that. I agree with. It that. would be cool if Mississippi State had. Like a night game whiteout similar to Penn State, mm-hmm. but I just you know we haven't I seen think, it. I think was the was the Auburn game like uh like the upper deck was maroon and not not this one the fourteen Auburn game was like the lower level white upper deck maroon or something. No, I don't remember. One one thing I think State does where they where they mess up is they announce this stuff like in the summer. It doesn't take. You know, if you have a week's worth of push and you say, hey, we're going to do a whiteout, people will respond to that. But when you set yourself up for these games, like, you know, you don't know what time you're kicking off. You don't know what the weather's going to be that day. I feel like you, you, you trap yourselves a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's tough to, it's tough to know what the weather's going to be like three months in advance. Yeah. You know, or further out even than that. So, um, it's easy, a lot easier for basketball, obviously, with no weather. And, you know, you, you, wear, you can wear a jacket and then take the jacket off inside. But for football, it's just a lot more difficult. And I think, like, teams like Penn State, I mean, they're so, they're so like, all in on that mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter. They can do that whenever. I agree. But at, at State, you know, it, it's tough to get people in the stands at Mississippi State at this point, yeah. much less get them to wear, uh, you know, white shirt. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not expecting it to to work really really well, but you know, hopefully fans will will try to prove us wrong like they did John Cohen. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's uh let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. It is going to be cold this weekend. If you're staying home, it's time to put a big pot of chili on the stove, maybe a big pot of beef stew or something like that, something to warm your bones. It's going to be in the 30s on Saturday night here in Starkville. So wherever you are, if you're in the south, the temperatures are supposed to drop. Make sure you got a big, warm bowl of whatever makes you happy, and that's a good thing. And it always starts with a selection of beef when you go shopping at the grocery store. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. 
If you are in Starkville this weekend, you know the drill. It's time to get to Two Brothers, grab a table, grab some great food, and have a great, great time. Pre-gaming on Saturday, it's always a pleasure at Two Brothers Smoked Meats there in the heart of the Cotton District. Watch the college football games that are happening and then make a short walk over to Davis Wade Stadium for Mississippi State and Georgia. Two Brothers, the home of smoked Southern soul food. Great products, great service. Every business has it, or at least every business wants to have it. You can tell the ones that do by how long their doors have been open. 47 years, Advantage Business Systems feel like you can trust that they take care of their customers. So when you need new products for your business, computers, laptops, copiers, printers, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you have an issue and you need service, you get to talk to the same guy who made you the sale. That's the difference that Advantage Business Systems provides. It's something that those big brands simply cannot give you. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Speaking of, of, of you know, things you want to buy, talking about like, you know, white pullovers and stuff. If you're looking for, you're in the market for a new pullover, might I suggest the Rogue? Because that way, you, you, when you get your pullover, it's not, hey, we're going to take the Mississippi State logo and we're going to, you know, rotate it 38 degrees to the left and we're going to put it right in the middle and it's going to take up from your belly button to your neck. Nobody wants that. They want a nice... So, pretty specific, wasn't it? It was specific. Yeah, they wanna, they wanna, someone has hurt you with a t- with a shirt somewhere yeah. down the line. I'm just saying, you want a nice, simple, understated polo with the logo that you want. The M over S, the Walking Bully, the Script State. Those are the ones you want. They've got them in the Rogues Collegiate Collection. Great name brands, comfortable shirts, and you're dealing with one of the top men's clothing stores in all of the South. The Rogue. They've been doing business for a long, long time down there in Jackson, and they're going to continue to do so. This holiday season, Dad wants a new game day polo from the Rogue's Collegiate Collection. Check them out at the Rogue in Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. We talked earlier this week, or at least I did. I talked earlier this week to Jordan Hill. He covers the... uh, I, I, not the same one who played for the Lakers, Robbie, in case you're wondering. Uh, oh, thank God. I know, right? Jordan Hill covers the dogs for dogs 24-7 uh, there in Athens, the 24-7 website. Got his thoughts on this weekend's game. Let's go to him now. Join us now on the podcast, Jordan Hill. He covers Georgia for dogs 24-7. That obviously is the Georgia 24-7 site. This feels like the kind of interview I would normally do with Michael Casagrande from AL.com where I just sit here and gush about how good the team Mississippi State's going to play is. But this Georgia team, they're just really good. They have dudes at almost every position, and they look just as spectacular at times as they did a season ago. How much have they exceeded your expectations in this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's been tremendous. And the biggest thing to me, it's it's sort of funny – especially when you look at the defense. You know, this is a defense that lost eight starters from last year. You know, on a defense that a lot of people consider one of the best in modern college football. And my expectation coming into this year was growing pains early. You know, I thought like game one, they're playing Oregon and Atlanta. I still expected Georgia to win, but figured, you know, we'd see some breakdowns. We would see a situation where Oregon would keep it close. Well, then they win the game by 46, and you're sort of sitting there going, oh, okay, you know, this this sort of growing pains isn't going to be quite like we expected. And, you know, there were a few lulls, but even in those games like Missouri, I mean, the defense still played well. It was sort of the offense having issues getting in its own way. Yeah, I mean, they, they've 
exceeded my expectations as a team in that there have been a few hiccups along the way, but on the whole, Georgia's taking care of business. Before the season, I said Georgia would go 12-0 and in the regular season. That mm-hmm. was mainly a product of their schedule. I thought mm-hmm. that their schedule was pretty favorable. And at the time, you know, I expected Tennessee to be better, but I did not expect them to be the number one team when we got into the very first college football playoff ranking. Um, but I thought that this was a team that would probably go undefeated the regular season and then lose to Alabama in the SEC title game. You know, I think it's safe at this point to say that this Georgia team is probably better than that Alabama team. And, um, you know, credit to Kirby Smart and, and the staff, how they have continued to uh, stockpile talent because you've seen, you know, typically under Kirby Smart, they have been among the top four teams year after year as far as recruiting rankings. And you're seeing that come to fruition with just how seamless this transition has been from a championship team to one that could wind up being a championship team as well. And when I look at this team, I mean, Stetson Bennett is a guy who has a lot of name recognition. But when you're the returning quarterback from the national champions, you're you're going to have that. I wouldn't necessarily say that Bennett is a guy that you just lock in as a first-round NFL draft pick. Offensively, there doesn't seem to be a superstar. There's just guys, guys that are good. They're talented. They're, they're, they're making big plays. Who are the stars for this team on offense? I think you start at tight end. I mean, you start with Brock. Oh, that's the guy I should have mentioned him. Yeah, I, I, I messed that one up. Yeah. Oh, it's it's totally fair because, and I mean, the point that I would make too is he's really not alone. I mean, Darnell Washington has made a ton of plays, and if you want a sense for just how deep Georgia's tight ends are, the guy that's forgotten about is a six foot seven former five star Darnell Washington, but he's really come on. I think he's been one of the breakthrough guys for Georgia this year, and the fact that. He's been banged up the last few years, and him being hurt last year was kind of what helped Brock Bowers, you know, get an opportunity, and he took advantage of it. Obviously, credit to Brock for doing that. Uh, But the tight ends, and other than that, Brian, I mean, I think you make a good point. It's a lot of guys that um, just kind of step up and make plays. I mean, Lab McConkey wound up leading the team in receiving uh, or in receptions against Tennessee, uh, had a big 37-yard touchdown in that one. And they've been playing without A.D. Mitchell, who I think, Had A.D. been healthy, he's been dealing with an ankle injury since week two. Um, Had he been healthy, he would probably be maybe more in that conversation of, you know, a star receiver or a star offensive playmaker, and Georgia just hasn't had him. He's the guy, for people listening, if you watch that national championship game last year, made a picturesque touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. that, uh, That was huge in Georgia winning that game. Um, and AD's not been able to play. They've had to have other guys step up. And it's been one of those situations, I think, if you're a Georgia fan, you should feel good in the fact that they have had other guys step up. I mean, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, has been a guy that hasn't made a ton of plays. I mean, he played, He made a catch on Saturday against Tennessee. With a, he went up uh, for a really high pass in the end zone, got both feet down. I mean, it would have been good on Sunday. Um, you know, they've had guys step up. Kenny McIntosh, the lead running back has got good wiggle. I think he's done a good job. And they've had Dejon Edwards, another running back, really break out as well. Um, they have done a good job of spreading the love and, and getting different guys involved. And uh, sort of to the point we started with this question, you have those tight ends, and you know if you're in a really, really tight situation, you can rely on those guys. Um, but it's not just about those guys. And uh, I think that's what puts Georgia in a very good position as we come down the stretch of the season. I don't know that Mississippi State's good enough to take advantage, but it feels like after a game like Saturday that Georgia would be in in due for some sort of emotional letdown, playing at home with, against the, uh, the top-ranked team uh, to, to really dominate that game the way they did. 
Do you feel like Georgia, they have enough leadership and stability to just sort of power through that and not have a letdown? Or is it possible they could come to Starkville? You know, looking ahead is the wrong word because there's still a few weeks of the season before the SEC championship game, but maybe not fully focused on Mississippi State. I think it's possible. I mean, and this is a game that I think a lot of Georgia fans before the season circled as a potential upset game, potential trap game, um, having Tennessee, having Kentucky the next week. And uh, this was the game before the season that I said was probably Georgia's biggest upset alert, you know, the biggest potential for Georgia to lose just because of when it falls in the season. Now, granted, Part of why I thought that before the year was just knowing where it would come in the season and you don't know what injuries are going to look like and you don't know who you're playing without. Um, On the whole, Georgia has done a pretty good job besides really A.D. Mitchell, and they've had a few other guys banged up, but um, A.D. Mitchell and outside linebacker Nolan Smith are really the only guys that wouldn't uh, likely be playing. We know Nolan Smith's out, and I would say um, A.D. Mitchell probably wouldn't be able to play on Saturday against Mississippi State. Um, but uh, I, I do think that there's the potential for that. Uh, I'm not expecting that to happen, but the fact this is on the road, we know how loud it can get in there. Um, we know that uh, Mississippi State's dangerous. You know, I, I covered Auburn last year, so I've seen uh, firsthand what that Mississippi State offense can do, even if it's behind. And, you know, I think that Georgia's secondary is really riding high after the way they shut down Tennessee last week. We talked to Keeley Ringo yesterday, who had the interception against Hendon Hooker in the second quarter. That was essentially the game clincher. I mean, there was still a lot of game left to be played, but you just sort of had the sense at that point uh, that Georgia's defense was going to keep Tennessee in check. So they're going to have to rise to the occasion because we know that Mississippi State's going to throw the ball a lot. Those guys are going to be tested and they got to be patient. And, uh, if they're kind of riding high after that win against Tennessee, they may be in for a rude awakening on the road on Saturday night. The last time these two teams got together was in the COVID season in 2020, and that was such an odd game. State went to Georgia with 43 players total, I think. It was Will Rogers' second career start against a top-10 Georgia team, and, and you just think you know, on the surface, okay, they're going to get blasted today. And instead, they were in the game into the fourth quarter. They end up losing by seven. Rodgers had a, a good deal of success in that game. So I think that that still is on people's minds here in Starkville. So when you look at this particular Georgia team and, and this Mississippi State team, you know how does Mississippi State attack Georgia successfully? Well, I think the key is trying to find weaknesses in the defense. And, I mean, the thing that Kirby harped on on Monday when we talked to him was just sure tackling, not allowing uh, broken tackles. And I think that Georgia is coming off a game where it did a very good job of preventing that with Tennessee. Um, you know, there, there were – Questions to Kirby if the offenses compare between what Mike Leach runs and what Josh Heupel runs. He said not really, but, you know, I think there are aspects of as far as spacing and receivers out in space and things like that um, that are going to carry over. And, and again, the onus, in my opinion, is on these defensive backs to show up and show out. And, you know, they've done a very good job this year. I mean, I think one of the guys that has probably impressed the most has been true freshman Malachi Starks. I mean, he was a five-star and a big get for Georgia, but he gets popped in as a starter in game two, and you're sort of thinking, okay, how exactly is this going to go? And he's played outstanding, and he's coming off a game where he had 10 tackles, which led the team last week against Tennessee. To me, Mississippi State's best bet is to try to really uh, test Georgia as far as tackling out in space. Can they continue to be consistent tacklers? I haven't seen anything that makes me think Georgia can't do that, Um, But to me, that is going to be the way Mississippi State can hang around 
Um, I compared this offense. I said it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, you can keep doing that, and if you break a tackle or, or get a guy not in position, I mean, it can turn into seven points. And with the way that offense moves and and what the potential is, with especially with a guy like Will Rogers who has been around and ha- played so much football at this point, um, it can turn into a really exciting game. One thing we always do on our Friday preview preview show when we preview the game is we, we come up with the X factor, a player who we – not necessarily the offensive or defensive player of the game, just somebody who could make a big play in the game that, that has an impact. Who is that guy for Georgia this week? I think the guy that I'm really interested in seeing is going to be Jamon Dumas Johnson. He's one of the inside linebackers. He's a guy that has played really well throughout the year. Um, but kind of had a so-so showing against Tennessee. He got banged up at one point. He wound up coming back in. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, is going to be a big leader on the defense the end of this season. Uh, Just the fact that Nolan Smith, who I mentioned earlier, he is not playing. He tore his peck against Florida, um, so he's had surgery. And still on the sideline, but Nolan Smith was looked at as a leader of this defense. Mm -hmm. And him not being there, you know, he's still on the sideline. He's still coaching guys up, but – you need guys out there on the field that can get guys in position, can, um, you know, if the game's tight, get guys fired up, get them uh, ready to make plays. And I think that's Jamon Dumas Johnson. If this winds up being a game uh, that comes down to the wire where Georgia really needs some plays on defense and needs guys to step up, um, again, I've talked a lot about the secondary, but very intrigued to see what Jamon Dumas Johnson is able to do and uh, what he's able to bring in the middle uh, level of the defense. We'll see what happens Saturday night over here in Starkville as Georgia makes their first trip to Davis Wade Stadium since 2010. Jordan Hill, Dogs 24-7, man. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed it. All right, thanks to Jordan. Appreciate his time. Really good stuff there. At the end of the day, Robbie, I'm saying this, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but I believe it. If State wins this game, to me, it's a bigger upset than what happened in 1980. Hmm. That's a... Interesting outlook. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but at the same time, I'm interested in your point of view. Yeah. I just, are, are you saying that, you know, that state team was better? I think that state team was better. Um, and I think that this Georgia team is better than that Alabama team was. I mean, this Georgia the, team is playing at a really, really high level right now. Plus, I think there's something to be said about the game being in Starkville versus Jackson. I think that that, that 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 just adds to the, the 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 pageantry of it all. I would I would give the eighty the eighty game an edge because it wasn't at Starkville. Well, but it's in a, in a neutral site. It's still in Mississippi. But that's what I'm saying. It was a neutral site. This is a home field environment. But I mean, I I can kind of see your point of view on that too. Yeah. Um, I, I and just, that defense that was probably one of the best defenses states ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it wasn't like a. I mean, I think it was a surprise, but it wasn't like a surprise that State was like in that game. Right, right. Um, Whereas but, I mean, nobody Alabama team, had a chance here. That Alabama team had been like unbeatable for like two and a half years. They, they were on what, a, the 27-game winning streak, something like that. So it was a long winning streak, no question about it. Uh, this Georgia Just the team, fact that that was, you know, Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. You, you Bear hardly Bryant ever beat Alabama. The gravitas of it because of, of yeah. it's Bear Bryant, right? I mean, he's just he's such a legendary figure. Kirby Smart doesn't have that. But just in terms of the teams on the field themselves, I feel like it would be a bigger upset. And having said that, too, uh, it's got to be right there with it. At the very right. least, if that happens, it's got to be 
it would go into the top five wins in Mississippi State history. Oh, it, it might be get, even. It might be numbered. It might be right there with 1980. Right. Because so you know we did number poll, one. We're not that poll. We did that list earlier this offseason, the top games. Right. We had number one was the Auburn game from 2014. I don't think that that this game because that game's not an upset. Right. This was number two versus number three at the time. It wasn't a huge upset. Number two was the Alabama game from 1980. This goes into that discussion of great wins. And it, it completely re, re-energizes this program, and it completely gets you, you know, now all of a sudden you're, you know, Mississippi State fans are excited for what's going to happen these next two weeks. They're excited for the Egg Bowl, and they, they, they see a path that Mississippi State could end up having a fantastic season. It's a huge chore. There's going to have to be a lot go right for Mississippi State and a lot go wrong for Georgia. The main focus that I want to talk about today, though, or that we've talked about is this. In college football, there's just no such thing as impossible. You know, there just isn't. FCS teams beat FBS teams every year, it seems. You know, it, is it possible for the worst team in college football to beat Georgia? On, on, a, on, a, on the right day? Yeah, it is. It would take a heck of a lot of, of work from both sides, but it could happen. Mississippi State is not the worst team in college football. They're a good, they're an average to good SEC football team. Georgia has to come here a week after one of the biggest games they've ever played. There's, 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 you know, there's some conditions that make it upset, you know, not upset alert, maybe upset advisory. We're under an upset watch, something like that. You know, we'll, yeah, we're not, we're not quite to the warning yet. Right, right, but. You know, we'll see what happens Saturday over at Davis Wade Stadium. Should be a very interesting game, no question about it. All right, tomorrow's show is three P's. We'll preview this game a lot more, especially from the Mississippi State perspective. Give you our playmakers. Well, and this week we'll actually do a prediction. We won't. Uh, we won't screw that up uh, this time around. So, thanks for uh, for listening to the podcast today, Robbie and I. Always appreciate you guys. We'll be back with you on Friday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.